This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast where I'm going to be talking about five things that can get in the way of you being bold in your pet business. So the irony of this episode is that I have been wanting to talk about this topic for such a long time. And what has stood in the way of me talking about it is feeling like it's not something I can cover on the podcast because I'm not an expert in this. I'm not a therapist or a psychologist or have a background in dealing with people with imposter syndrome and that kind of thing. And that held me back in talking about a topic which actually I started talking about three years ago when I first started working with small pet businesses and helping them get their brilliant products and services out there. And it was all about confidence. And the very first course that I ever did was called How to Create Content with Confidence. And I realized that one of the things I was coming up against when I was talking to pet businesses is that they didn't feel confident in writing about what they did and talking about what they did. I knew as a journalist, as a writer of like nearly 20 years at the time, I could help people with that. So I did my very first course, which was how to create content with confidence. And then that led on to me doing more blogging courses then the PR program that I do. But actually, I've come full circle and I've come back to what I originally um, started working with people on. And it's about being confident, being bold and putting them pet, their pet businesses out there. So back to the original topic of the conversation of the podcast, which is being bold in your pet business and what can get in the way. So in this episode, I'm going to cover five things that can get in the way of you being bold. And I'm also going to cover some suggestions to help you overcome them. I'm going to go through some case studies. I'm going to talk about my own personal experience and about some of the things I've learned over the last few years where I've been working on my own personal development and I've been building my own confidence and being bold myself. So I hope you found this episode helpful and if you do and you'd like some more support with this I'm also going to be doing a Be Bold Bootcamp which is going to be taking place from the 25th of April. It's going to work like my five day challenges do so it's going to be five tasks to do over five days in a pop-up Facebook group which will help you overcome fears around putting yourself out there and being bold in your pet business it's something completely new for me and I would love it if you'd come and join me if you'd like to join then do just send me a direct message I'm rachel at publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk or you can find me on social media at rachel spencer uk there'll also be a link to sign up in the show notes for this podcast episode um, so you can go and register for the five-day boot camp but now on to the main part of the episode so We're talking about being bold in your pet business and how you feel when it comes to talking about what you do. So how do you feel when it comes to sharing your product or your service or what you do in your pet business? Do the words putting yourself out there make you want to run to the hills? I remember watching an episode of Sex and the City years ago and Charlotte was trying to find her husband, bless her, and it was all the, you know, Sex and the City was all around finding love, finding the right partner, all of those different things. Anyway, they were at a party, Samantha, Carrie, Charlotte and Miranda. And Charlotte was going through this really difficult time. And somebody, she was been on all these awful dates and somebody said to her, you know, you've just got to put yourself out there. I'm not even going to try and do an American accent. And 
Charlotte looked like she was about to burst into tears. She'd just had another string of dating disasters. And Carrie jumped forward and went, hey, she is out there. She is putting herself out there. And she stuck up for her and then, you know, led Charlotte away because she'd had such a horrible time. And that's what I always think about when I think about putting yourself out there. I think of go back to my dating days when I was once described as Bridget Jones on acid because I was such had such a difficult time when it came to dating um and now when people say put yourself out there it still takes me back to those times but we have to put ourselves out there when it comes to our business as well don't we so do the words putting yourself out there make you want to run to the hills maybe you felt frustrated because people who are less experienced than you or less qualified than you or who use outdated or questionable methods feel you feel like they're everywhere and you're not it's like you're trapped in a hole and nobody can hear you maybe you've got a product and you might feel invisible you might see other people sharing great big bulging mailbags sending out their thing you might have seen them in their workshop showing off all of the things that they've created you might see them talking about all of the orders that have come in being unable to cope and it can tap into a real feeling of insecurity where we think oh my gosh everyone else is smashing it apart from me so if you're nodding along I imagine that it's not that these people or these products are in any way superior to you and what you do it's much more likely that the people who are behind them, the people who are in those businesses, are more bold. And it's often the voices that shout the loudest who get heard. You may be a dog trainer and you may be familiar with some of the dog trainers who are really, you know, having massive reach on social media, particularly on TikTok. They might have methods that you don't agree with and it feels like they are everywhere. They are getting all of this work, all of this engagement. You're also quite alarmed at the practices that they have. Meanwhile, you're there. You feel like you're not being heard. But what I want to talk about is about how being bold isn't just for the BSs. I don't swear on this podcast. That's just a, a thing that I have. You can be bold as well. You can put yourself out there as well. And you can take small steps to be more bold and to be more visible. So in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about the five things that can stand in your way. And I'm going to offer some gentle su suggestions that might help you overcome them. I'm going to share some case studies as well. And remember, I do have the Be Bold Bootcamp that's going to be happening on the 25th of April. And if you want to go and join, you can head to the show notes and use the link there to sign up. So the first thing that can get in the way when it comes to you being bold is that you don't feel able to put yourself out there. Now, there's a difference with not feeling able to put yourself out there and not putting yourself out there. So people will often say, you need to put yourself out there. And you might think, well, that's all very well and good, but I just don't feel able to put myself out there. And when you don't do that, you know, people might say to you, what's wrong why can't you do it or just do it or just get on with it and it's not because you don't want to put yourself out there or that you can't be bothered to put yourself out there or that you're sitting there you know twiddling your thumbs and you're just being lazy that's not the case at all it's that you don't feel able to do it and there's a big difference between that and just not wanting to put yourself out there so no amount of pushing and shoving you is going to help it's just going to make you feel worse and there are many reasons why you might not want to put yourself out there and you might not feel able to put yourself out there so you might feel really self-conscious 
a couple of weeks ago, and this podcast will go live um, next month, I think in May, I recorded a podcast episode where I was chatting to Helen Perry and she's an Instagram expert. She does Instagram and email marketing and she's generally a small or micro business expert and she's just brilliant at what she does. And we were chatting at the beginning of the episode and we were talking about her podcast is called Just Bloody Post It. And we were talking about, you know, working online. And I was saying one of the things I struggle with is I really worry about video because I think people are, people might judge my appearance or might, you know, one of the things I said basically was I feel self-conscious about having a really wonky nose and, um, and really wonky teeth and, you know, not looking like a model or a millennial. And she said, you know what, you know, this is, and she said it, you know, with love as well. She said, this is something that a lot of us come up against and we think that we have to be perfect and we have we think that we have to, you know, be all these different things. But actually, the people who are following us and the people who want to hear from us, they don't care if we've got grey roots or if our nose is broken or our teeth are wonky or that we've only put mascara on one eye. They don't care. Um, so while we might feel really self-conscious, the people who are actually looking at us and taking in what we're saying, they, do, they don't give a stuff. But anyway, just going back to the original point, one of the things that might stop you feeling able to put yourself out there might be feeling self-conscious and that's fine that's something that you can slowly overcome you might want to stay small you might not want to be seen for many many different reasons it could be that your business operates on word of mouth and it has done for years and we're now moving particularly over the last couple of years we're now moving online we have to be seen online and making that change can be really hard so as I say, it's not the case that you don't want to put yourself out there, you're being lazy or you can't be bothered or, or whatever else, or you can't just get on with it. That's not helpful. If you don't feel able to put yourself out there, my suggestion to you is to take really small steps. So let's say you've been told you really need to go and do a Facebook Live in this group full of you know, dog owners in your area, but that feels absolutely terrifying. The thought of doing a Facebook Live feels absolutely petrifying. And I hear you because I've only really just started doing Facebook Lives over the past few years and I certainly don't do them regularly. What you could do would be join the group and start reading and engaging with the post to build yourself up, to build up to people getting to know you in there. So you might have been told you've got to go and do a live in there, but actually what you can do, a really small step you can take is just go and join the group. And even if it's a case of liking some of the posts, that's your first step. So just take really, really small steps. So that's number one. Not that you can't be bothered to put yourself there, out, out there. That's if you don't feel able to do it. Number two, the second thing that can get in the way of you being bold when it comes to putting your pet business out there is if you're unsure where to start. Now, this is particularly the case if you are just starting out in your pet business or you're trying to grow or, you know, you're getting lots of information about what you should and shouldn't be doing. Now, again, I've been doing this. I've been working online for just over three years and I've had I've been self-employed for like 16 years, 17 years it will be this year. Um, but I still get told things that I should be doing and places where I should be that I just think, well, no, I don't, I, that, you know, that's not for me. But if you're unsure where to start, you might be in a situation where you're being told things like you should be on Clubhouse or you should be doing Reels or that TikTok is perfect for you and you feel like your head is about to explode. Maybe you've just started a business or maybe you're just going online and you don't know what to do. 
often like having overwhelm with all of the different ways, all the different tools, all the different platforms that we can use to promote our businesses, that can be paralyzing in itself. So we don't do anything. And when we feel bombarded with advice on the next big thing or the best thing that we should be doing or the, you know, all the shoulds and the musts and the needs that we need to be doing right now, then we just put the brakes on and we do nothing. So with this, what I would suggest that you do is to look at your strengths. So what do you enjoy? What are you good at? And then find the platform or the activity or the outlet that is going to go and match your strengths. And also give yourself permission not to do the things that you can't stand or don't feel comfortable or confident with. If you're being told that you need to be on video, but you cannot bear the thought of it, don't force yourself to do it because it will just be painful. It's not a good use of your time and it's not going to be a good experience for you. But let's say you're really creative. Let's say you've become a dog groomer, but in your old job, you used to work in publishing and you can put together a beautiful newsletter. Why not put together a beautiful newsletter for your dog grooming business? Think about what you like doing already. If you really love writing, then you can put your thoughts into a blog and repurpose for social media. If you do love video, then brilliant. Oh my gosh, there's so much you can do with video. Try Reels, you know, you can do YouTube, TikTok, loads of different platforms you can use video on. You can use video on every single platform. So if you love doing video, but you've been told that you need to write blogs or write emails or whatever, then do the video stick to the video. You can find ways to repurpose things into emails and repurpose your video into blogs or whatever else you want to do with it, but make the start by doing the video. So the third thing that can get in the way of you being bold in your pet business is the horrible, what will people think? So hands up, I'm going to admit that this is something that stood right in my way for not just one year, 12 years years. So I've been freelance for, as I say, 16 years this year. I went freelance in 2006 and it was before social media. Uh, we had websites, um, didn't know anything about email marketing and it was definitely before, you know, I knew anything about blogging or anything like that. So I ran my business from word of mouth um, and I contacted people who I'd already worked with on newspapers and magazines, and that's how I survived as a freelance. And it was only um, back in 2018 when I really started putting myself out there online. Sorry, 2017, I started a pet blog, but it was never really about me. It was always about other people. Um, so I'd write about people who had pet businesses or people who were making a difference, people from charities, social enterprises, people like Street Vet, um, people just doing extraordinary things to help animals, but it was always about them. So I put these things out there, but it wasn't about what people think about me. It was what people think about them. I was merely a platform for people to share their stories. So going back to the original thing, what will people think? So you want to talk about what you do in your business, but you know, you worry what people will think. And normally the people who we worry about here and the people whose opinions we worry about here aren't the people who are relevant. They aren't, they're not the people who are going to buy our thing. They're not the people who are going to come and book in for our classes or to use our, or who will use our service. We'll be giving a hoot about what people like our friends, our old boss and our family members might think. And they don't actually matter because they're not going to buy from you. They probably don't have a need for your product or service. So actually what they think about what you're doing doesn't matter. So I will often bump into people who I know I've 
relocated to Newcastle. I moved here a few years ago. And whenever I go home, I'll see old friends and people who don't have pet businesses and who will never, you know, want me to work for them or want to work with me. And they'll say things like, oh, we see you doing loads on social media. And my response to that is straight away to cringe and think, oh, my God, I hope I'm not I'm not really annoying. And, you know, oh, these people think I'm posting on social media all the time and that that must be really, you know, desperate or whatever. But actually, they're never going to buy from me. So, yes, they're seeing me post on social media and that's fine. And they're acknowledging that, but they're never going to be my client. And actually, while I used to think and I've even just said it there oh my gosh, all these people are going to think that I'm really bad for posting on social media or really annoying. Actually, if I said to them, what do you think about me posting on social media? They would just think, oh, it's nice to see what you're doing or good on you for posting on social media or good on you for doing well with your business. They're not thinking, oh my God, Rachel's so annoying. Why is she always going on about pet businesses on social media? So going back to the original point, what will people think? If we are worried about what people who aren't going to be our clients are going to think, then that's going to get in the way of us being bold. So let's say you're a newly qualified dog trainer, but you used to be a lawyer. Imagine if you're sat there thinking, I can't post about my new puppy training classes because what if people in my old law firm think about what I'm doing? That means that the people who need puppy training in your area are going to miss out. The people in your law firm will probably be looking at your post and thinking, oh my gosh, look at Harriet, who used to be a lawyer. So Harriet, one of my clients, did used to work in a law firm and she's now a dog trainer. Look at Harriet, who used to be in this office being miserable and, you know, being a lawyer all day. Now she's working with puppies and she's sharing all these posts on social media about what a lovely life she has. They're actually going to be thinking, I wish I was Harriet. They're not going to be thinking Harriet's really annoying. But if we sit there and think, oh my gosh, I can't post about what I'm doing because the other people who I used to work with are going to judge me and think that I'm awful or annoying or really sad or whatever, then that's going to mean that the people who need your thing are going to miss out. So try not to think about what people are going to think who aren't relevant to what you do anymore. Try to think about the people who you serve and what they're going to think and why they need you and why if you don't share what you do and you're not bold, then they're going to miss out. So a suggestion here is to keep a record of your wins to reflect on. So one of the things I do when I'm thinking, oh my gosh, can I post about my course another time? Is I'll look at like a thank you card that I might have from somebody who did my, did my course. Or I might look at test, a testimonial that I have from somebody who did my course who will talk about how, you know, one of my clients last week, Nikki, who did my course in a day, she had some brilliant publicity and it led to her making over 250 book sales so I know that's been a huge boost for her income so when I'm thinking I can't post about my do your P, do your NPR in a day service I need to remember that actually that lady who did my course made her money back really quickly and that's really important and also if I don't share and I worry about what people will think then people might go in a different direction and they might not get the support that they need or they might actually pay a lot more money for what they're looking for they might go and hire a PR company for thousands of pounds and actually they could have achieved the same or more from working with me. So when you're thinking about what people might think, reflect on the people you have helped with your product or service and hopefully that is going to push you forward and it's going to stop you from thinking about the people who aren't relevant. Okay, so number four, the number the fourth thing about the things that can get in your way when it comes to being bold in your pet business is the worry that people are going to tear you down, that people are going to criticise you, that people are going to disagree with what you say or leave nasty comments under what you write. 
Now, again, talked about what the people you actually serve will think before. Um, when we think about people putting us down, tearing us down, however you want to phrase it, your clients aren't, aren't going to do this because, and they are the most important people. Unless you're saying something that warrants it, your clients who appreciate what you do, who value what you do, who believe in you, aren't going to tear you down. Unless you say something that warrants being torn down. So let's say you're a force-free dog trainer and you put out a post about how you love electric shock collars. Now, that's going to warrant your clients disagreeing with you and people disagreeing with you because it's not consistent with what you do. One of the things I find um, when I'm working with people is that the people who most, um, the people that they worry about the most when it comes to the people who are likely to put them down are their fellow pet professionals. Um, they worry that other pet professionals might look at their content and think, oh my gosh, that is so rubbish. That is so basic what they're talking about. That is so simple. They are dumbing that down so much and they fear that they might be criticised for that or that other pet professionals might put them in the place. So let's say, for example, they're a puppy trainer and they put out some content on social media about how to stop your puppy nipping and they speak in a really simple language for any new puppy owner to understand. Now, the puppy trainer will be writing that thinking about the new puppy owner who doesn't know anything about what it's like to be a puppy parent. I've talked about this loads on the podcast before, but they might not even know what a high, what high value treat means. So they need to explain it from the new puppy parent's point of view. So they're not there to explain it to somebody who might have been to university and studied animal behaviour or who might have been on a dog training seminar every month for the past 30 years. They aren't there to explain it to them. They are there to explain it to the new puppy parent who does not have a clue why their puppy is nipping. So I've done a full podcast episode on this um, and it's about how to deal with criticism from people in your industry. And I go really into a lot of detail about how you can do this, because what we have to remember is what we offer in our businesses isn't for other pet professionals. It's for the people who need our help. So the new pet parents, not for other people who are working in the industry. So if you are feeling like you're dumbing stuff down, that's absolutely what you should be doing. You should be making things accessible for people who don't understand and don't have the knowledge and skills and understanding and experience and education that you do have. Um, when I work as a journalist, actually, one of the things I learned in journalism training was imagine the reader has just landed from Mars and don't assume anything. So when you're writing um, about your thing, don't make any assumptions. If you go in there with no assumptions whatsoever and you assume that these people don't know anything about what you do, you can't go wrong. So that's my suggestion there. If you're sharing advice, put yourself in your client's shoes and remember that your clients hang on every single word that you say. I know when I'm out with Sue McCabe, who's helped me with Patch, with some training, um, I'm hanging on her every word. I have not got a clue about dog training or how my lovely little dog's little mind works. So I'm listening to her and I want her to be talking to me as a clueless dog owner. I don't want her to be talking to me as a fellow pet professional. If we look at Nikki, who I talked about earlier from Pup Talk, Nikki's a dog trainer and she wrote a book called Stop Walking Your Dog and she had Don't, Don't Walk Your Dog Day on April the 2nd and it did 
really well. It really resonated with so many people. If Nikki had written her book worrying about what other dog trainers might think and that had held her back, then it would have meant that a lot of pet parents will have missed out on her advice. She didn't write a book for fellow pet professionals, although she's actually had so much praise from fellow pet professionals. She wrote it for dog owners who need her help. So Nikki could have worried about other pet professionals tearing her down, about going against the grain when it comes to advice. But she put it out there because she was walking in her client's shoes, her clients who hang on her every word. So if being bold in your pet business is, if you're struggling with this because you're worried about people tearing you down, then remember it's the people who you're serving, not the fellow pet professionals who you need to be thinking of. Then the final thing that can get in the way of you being bold in your pet business is thinking that everything needs to be polished and perfect. So wouldn't it be amazing if you had your own graphic designer, your own video editor, copywriter, tech support, social media manager who made everything look perfect? Oh my gosh, can you imagine how brilliant life would be? So you might look at people at the top of their game and think you have to look like them, that everything has to be so, so well produced and just look amazing. You know what? One day you might be, but when you're starting out, you're most likely not going to have the budget to get everything done for you. But the thing is, you're passionate about what you do, so it's important to get your work out there. And all you can do is do your best. It doesn't have to be polished and perfect. All of the good stuff, all of the beautiful graphics, the amazing content, the beautifully written copy, it can all come in time. So if I'm going to give a couple of examples on this one, um, but I'm going to use this podcast as an example. Now, I am lucky enough to have um, my boyfriend's brother, Matty. He produces my podcast for me. He edits it for me. um, And I've also got Kim who helps me with social media for it. Now that has come in time. Um, when I first did the podcast, I used to get people from Fiverr to edit for me. Um, I used to do all the social media myself. I didn't have help with graphics. I used to make them myself. I also have Alison from House of Henry help me with the graphics. This has all come in time. When it first came out, I used to do everything myself and it didn't look anything like it does now. I'm still so far off being polished and perfect and I will never be polished and perfect. I can tell you that for nothing. Um, You'll listen to this podcast. It will have lots of ums and errs in there. I leave them in there because I'm very not polished and perfect. But if thinking you've got to be polished and perfect is holding you back, then please listen to the next example that I've got for you. Um, So I've got Sarah Jones from My Anxious Dog. Sarah has a accessory business for people who've got anxious dogs and she makes yellow products for anxious dogs and their owners. Now Sarah has been running her business for quite a while. She started it because her own anxious dog Bella um, was fearful around other dogs and she wanted a way to spell it out loud and clear that she needed to be given space. Now Sarah's been running her business for a good few years and she's doing really really well and this time, around this time last year, she decided she wanted to do a big campaign, a big launch for her dogs in Yellow Day. And prior to that, she'd been making her own graphics. She'd been writing all of her own content herself. She'd been working on her website herself. She'd been doing everything pretty much on her own, as we do when we have our own businesses. And then as she was growing, she was able to bring in more sales. More people were knowing about what she did. So slowly but surely, she was able to bring in help. It started with some help with graphic design from Alison from House of Henry, who designed a really brilliant graphic that got shared a lot on social media and it brought more people into Sarah's world. So it meant that her business was starting to grow. She was making more sales. So she was then able to invest in other things like a website. She had a website done by Rosie from Woof Design. 
she was able to invest in word and support from a copywriter. She worked with Ricky at the Canine Copywriter. So over the course of like several years, Sarah's got to the point where she's been able to have a brand where she's got professionally created images. She's got professionally written copy. She's got a website that's been created for her by a pet industry website designer. She's had PR support from me. But so she's got to that stage slowly, but surely she hasn't started off polished and perfect. And if you look at Sarah's brand now, you will think, wow, it looks incredible. But that's been something that's come with time. And it looks absolutely amazing. And she had her dogs in yellow day and it did so, so well. And it's just been brilliant seeing her grow. But she didn't start off polished and perfect. It came with time. So my suggestion for this one is to think about what would happen if your things stayed hidden. And let's use Sarah as an example as well. What would happen if Sarah's yellow products had stayed hidden because she was worried about things being polished and perfect? Because she was worried that she had to have perfect graphics, perfectly written copy, the perfect website. That would mean that hundreds and thousands of dogs in the UK and actually worldwide might not have had the products that might not that have made their lives easier, that have made life less stressful for them, less stressful for their owners, meant that they've been able to go out and feel confident, meant that they've been able to spread the message that dogs in yellow need space. So think about what would happen if your thing stayed hidden. Who would it impact on? Think about that. Think about them. Think about them and not you. So who wins when you win? So that is my five points covered. So these are the things that might stand in the way of you being bold in your pet business. Number one is you don't feel able to put yourself out there. Not that you don't want to, you don't feel able to. Number two is you're unsure of where to start. Number three is the classic, what will people think? Number four is what if people tear you down? And number five is you think everything needs to be polished and perfect. So in this episode, I've shared some examples. I've given you some gentle solutions and suggestions, which I hope help. And my final thoughts on this is this. I was thinking I've done a lot of research ahead of recording this today. I put a post in my Facebook group and I saw some brilliant comments on there that have really helped me um, percolate this idea and put it out there and be bold myself in talking about a topic that I don't feel like I'm an expert on, but I feel like I've got a lot to share because of my own personal experience and because I'm still doing this, I'm still working on it myself. And my thoughts are this, being the face of your business and relying on what you do to make a living is hard. Like we have to do everything ourselves. Our actions will impact on how much money we make, whether we can pay the bills, whether we can put food on the table and, you know, whether our business succeeds and whether we survive and it's really scary particularly at this moment in time and you know we're not like people with jobs who don't have to do this stuff when I was talking at the beginning about when I see friends who are outside of the industry who have jobs and who are like normal people and they say to me oh you know we see you loads on social media I think well yeah like I make excuses for myself and I will say I know I'm always on social media and I hope it's not really annoying but I have to keep telling people about what I do they don't have to do that they go and sit there and they get paid every month. They don't have to do this thing. They don't have to be vulnerable. They don't have to put themselves out there. And it is bloody scary. But our livelihoods depend on it. So we have to keep going. We have to keep telling people about what we do. But I understand that it is daunting. And if you feel worried about the attention being on you, another thing to remember as well is that you don't have to be the hero of your story. You can be the guide. And what I mean by that is when you talk about your thing and the impact it has on others, you can focus on 
people it has an impact on. So let's say if you're a dog trainer, you can focus on the animals it has an impact on. You can talk about case studies. You can talk about your owner's experiences. You can share testimonials. You can talk about the steps that you follow with the dogs or the puppies or the cats or whatever animal you work with and the process that you go through. So then the focus is on them rather than you and you're they're the hero of the story. They're the star of it. You're the guide. You enable them to have the training, the transformation, or you're the guide who simply guides them towards a product that you make. I hope that makes sense. So the hero of the story is your client, the person or the animal who has the transformation that your program or your support, your product give. And you are you or your product or your thing are the guide. And that can make things less daunting as well. So I feel like I could talk about this topic so much. And if this podcast goes down well, and then I will continue to talk more and learn more about this topic because it's something I'm working on with myself as well. But I hope it's been helpful for you. And if you would like to take some steps on being more bold, and by that, I don't mean going from hating video to going on the telly or from being terrified of writing to, you know, pitching yourself to the Daily Mail, just taking steps that you feel comfortable with and being more bold, then come along to my free five-day Be Bold Bootcamp. I'm going to be taking you through some free training and helping you make those first steps or helping you make, maybe you're already being bold, maybe there's a step that you really want to jump up to and you think joining in the bootcamp would help. But I would love to see you there. It's going to be taking place on Monday, April the 25th. And if you'd like to save your place, then head to the show notes of this episode. If you head to my website, it's going to be www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk forward slash be bold challenge. And if you're listening to this past April 2022, then and you'd like to chat about being more bold or you've just got something that you'd like to share on this topic then do send me a message i'm rachel at publicity for businesses.co.uk or you can find me on social media at rachel spencer uk finally if you've done something bold then come and tell me about it in my facebook group as well it's a publicity for pet businesses community it would be brilliant to see you there and see the awesome stuff that you do and thank you once more for listening to this episode Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources on ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.